Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for Can you guys know? I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you talk. We can get started. I'll, I'll, I'll sidetrack for the ten hours, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Get your breath now. <laughs> Tape has run out. <laughs> well, re- welcome to Rat Salad Review. We've been talking for the last uh, eight minutes now, so there's the intro. right on. Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. Now, thanks guys for fucking the support and fucking looking out for us and shit. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. We're here with uh, King Fowley from the band Deceased. And, uh, we Cheers. Really appreciate you coming on. And uh, we've all been listening to the album. And uh, Greg, Greg's been wanting you to come on for like uh, the last, uh, yeah, that, this is like the 12th episode or 13th episode. Yes, uh, immensely. I think King's, uh, I bought the album from King and I think he sent it to me in November. And I've been wanting to do it ever since. I mean, um, ever since we started. The, yeah, this is uh, this is my number two of the year. It's only behind uh, Voivod's The Wait. Mostly white. Fine by me. <laughs> hey, the cease, will always be, the cease will always be number two in my book. <laughs> oh, shit. That's cool. Now, dude, I, I'm surprised. I'm a little... It's it's weird. Like, you know, when it, when we did it and all this stuff. And uh, when then all of a sudden, the guys are like, look at this, man. Your top 20 albums in Rolling Stone of the year. And I'm like, Rolling Stone? I don't care what the fuck about Rolling Stone. We're like, nah, man, big time, man, you're big time. I'm like, no, we're not, dude. I was like, this is some fucking dude, you know, two dudes stuck it in their top 20, and that's what I got me in the top 20 of the year. But we've had some nice, kind words. And, I, and I, dude, I'm happy. I'm very proud of the record. I really am. I'm very, I'm very pleased with what we've done. You know, it's obviously, as you guys know, there's a big fucking, you know, harpoon through our hearts with, with Dave, our drummer, dying. Oh, really? You know, that's, that's yes. fucking... Yeah, our fucking drummer drowned, man. Like right at, after we finished the album, and I fucking mixed it and produced it and did what I had to do to get it done. And we were just getting ready to put it out, and he hadn't heard it yet when it was done. And we went on a we went on a trip. We did two shows in uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, and he really sat down. And I just sent it to him. He had it on his on his um, phone. It was all he had it till then on his headphones. And then he got in the car, and I had the master like CDR of what was going to the plan to get done. And he heard it. And he was like, God damn! And then we went and played these two shows. He came back, and then he's the next week. He was going to go to El Salvador to visit his parents. They live in El Salvador. He's El Salvadorian, and uh, I was like, "Man, I'll see when you get back." And here we go, man. We got all this shit going on. And while he was gone that next week, all this shit press started coming in, Rolling Stone and all this stuff. And I was waiting to show it to him because he's he's kind of always lived. And I, and I don't. I, I'm just doesn't meant to sound like an ego stroke. It really doesn't. But he's got, you know, growing up, me being the singer drummer for Deceased and all this stuff. We've done a lot of shit, and I'm and I'm a loud guy, and I'm you know I I, I animate the, the fucking conversation for better or for worse. And he's a quiet guy, but yeah. he's been the drummer for Deceased 
on and off live for years. He's played on As Weird Travel On and, of course, this ghostly white. And I always wanted him to let him know he was the fucking drummer. He's like, nah, man, they want you to play the fucking drums still, man. You got to go, you know. And I'm like, dude, you're the fucking drummer, dude. You're awesome. You blow me the fuck away. You're, you, I'm not even in your fucking league. And I think now he was going to see that. Right. You know, like people are going to be like, and the fucking drumming's killer and stuff. He was going to get to see all that. And I was going to be so happy that he got to get out of my fucking shadow that he never was in in my book, but in his own mind. And then all this press came in, great, 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 killer record, whatever, you know, just, you know, nice, nice words from people. And I was just couldn't wait for him to get back. And it was fucking, I was sitting upstairs watching Monday Night Football with my wife. She was sleeping and I was watching Monday Night Football. My phone rang and I missed it. And I saw it was a 703 number. And I thought it was my, my sister and brother live in Virginia still. And so I, I went to pick it up and call back and there was a voicemail came on right then. And I said, oh shit, let me just check who it is. This will save me it if it's nothing important. And I got this message. It was from a mutual friend and they were like, man, Dave, Dave's died, man. He, he died today in El Salvador. He drowned. And they're like, you don't have to call me, but his girlfriend's freaking. She wants you to call, call this number. So I hung up and I was one in the shock. Because this is what sucks is in 1988, our bass player, Rob, he died. We were, we, I, dude, that's a long story, but our, our bass player died. He was in a hit and run with, along with our guitar player's brother and our, one of our best friends, Larry. All three of them were killed on hit and run. And then a fourth guy was like crippled. His legs were flipped around backwards. And then Doug, our guitar player, was the only one uninjured. And he, you know, all this stuff. So when that happened, I was on the phone with a guy in New York. It was one in the morning and Mark called me and I went into shock. So I started to actually go into shock when this, I got this call and I was like, fuck. So I hung up on the phone. I hung up the voicemail and I was like, I'm going to call this girl's name's Ashlyn. I was going to call his girlfriend Ashlyn. And I started dialing and I tried to talk to her and she was hysterical because she wasn't there, but she was getting the story. And I was like, what happened? What happened? I had no fucking clue. And, uh, she sort of told me the story and I sort of got it. I just knew he had drowned. He was, you know, in the ocean, they were out in the ocean. And, uh, I was like, wow. So I started calling people and calling people in my band and we were all fucked up. I mean, for, for weeks, we're still fucked up, but you know, those first couple of weeks, it's just so insane. And I finally got to talk to his brother about three weeks ago now. And he told me literally that him and Dave were standing on the beach in El Salvador, not even in the water. They made it a little bit of water up to about their fucking ankle. And the fucking riptide came and it dropped that sand out from them and pulled them both out into the fucking ocean. The, their mother was right there. She was, they were all, they were picnicking right there on the beach. You know, they were just having a good time enjoying the sun, whatever. And it pulled them out. And he said that Dave could not swim at all. Now Dave was a muscle head. This dude would run 50 mile marathons. He'd run up mountains, the sky, jump out of airplanes. He was that kind of guy, but he couldn't swim. And Julio said that he saw Dave like panic immediately and they were seems trying to get him to swim you know parallel with the riptide i don't know nothing about that kind of shit but this is what he told me and he said that he thought he was going to die he got on his back he floated out he made it to the riptide he got back to shore and the lifeguard's like i don't see your brother anywhere and they they, they waited and waited 20 minutes went by and they're like you know he's have to have drowned he's nowhere to be found and they're like unfortunately the worst thing is he's probably going to be eaten by sharks and uh they he said the mother came over and she said you know God took him, and she was a very religious woman. She got, she made peace with Julio, made Julio relax, and then just by some whatever, some you know, the grace of whoever, the body came back up to shore, and he was dead. Wow. But they got to have the body back and stuff. And he was from El Salvador. They buried him within forty-eight hours. He had a funeral and everything. He was buried in El Salvador two days after it happened. Wow, damn. So, so it's, it's been crazy, dude. We've been doing that, you know, and we, we, like, we're on, we're on a go here. We're like starting to get motivated for this record. We have all these plans to play and 
we have a couple festivals that were already booked for like coming up in April. Like we were doing the Decibel Festival over here with Tripticon and Obituary and Enslaved and all these bands. And I was like, where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? And so uh, Shane's like, what are we going to do for a drummer, man? And I said, dude, I'm thinking about this guy, Anus. And we, just, we did this tour with this band called Death of Kings. We went out. They were the opening band. And Savage Master, which I think you guys probably know, or at least some of you guys do. Mm-hmm. They were, they, we, we, they're great friends of ours. So us three went out and did like 10 to 12 shows. I think it was like, yeah, like 12 shows or something over a two-week period. And and the weirdest part was, I was like, yeah, Amos, that guy can play something like we may be able to do. Because our style, like, we, we couldn't just call somebody that knows the Rain and Blood album on drums and like a Slayer kind of guy. Because we play everything from that kind of style. Then all of a sudden, we'll call for something like heavy, you know, just pure heavy metal. We might call for something rock and roll or even punk or crossover. Just because that's our, we have a lot of weird things that we incorporate. And it's kind of weird. Like, some of the timings could even go back to, like, prog, like, Amos, like, a Palmer, even Rush, a little bit of that kind of yeah. stuff. So, the weirdest part was... Our, our live players, Walter and Matt, both said, you know, what about that guy Amos? And then Amos came to me and he goes, dude, I wanted to fucking send my, you know, my deepest condolences to the band and all this stuff. And he said, what's your address? I want to send you something. So I got a letter two days later from Amos. His name's Amos Ripken. I got, a, I got a letter from him and he was like, you know, one one page of it was talking about like, you know, Dave and how he just, you know, he just met up with us and how we were all like family and it made him feel good. And he was like, you know, Dave told him he'd wear the Death of King shirt on the album, which he did. And he was like, that was so nice. But then he was so fucking, so fucked up from it that the obituary picture had the same shirt. Because they pulled his picture out of the, out of the, you know, he singled him out for the shot. And the next page, it said, if you ever want somebody to help out to keep the deceased fucking legacy and spirit going on and on, he goes, you know, you, you know what I can do if you want to give me a tryout. Cool. I'm not trying to, you know, rock star it up. I'm not trying to, you know, whatever. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to do it for the right reasons. So I hung up the phone. And I hung up the, uh, I got rid of the paper. I called up uh, Amos on the phone and I told him, I said, dude, you're never going to believe this, but I have to tell you this. And then that's when I said to him that the last show we did on that tour was in Detroit, Michigan. And Dave came over to me and he goes, man, if any, this is exactly what he said to me and how he said it, man, if anything ever fucking happens to me, you get that motherfucker to play for deceased because that motherfucker can play this shit. And then and, and it, made, it made me weird out. It made Amos weird out. And then I said, I guess it's meant to be, dude. And so he sent me, I told him, I said, learn some stuff. He lives in Atlanta, Georgia, you know, where I got, you know, we're based out of, we'll say Washington, D.C. area, because that's where we jam at. But two guys are in Frederick, Maryland. I'm up here in, in Philly area. And Shane, our guitar player, he like basically borderline D.C., Maryland, University of, of Maryland College over there is kind of where we jam at. And uh, he's in Atlanta, Georgia. And he sent me a videotape of him playing all these 12 songs, man. And he just had it all down. And he's kicking ass. And all this. So he's about to start. We're going to jam with him for the first time next week. We're going to get together. We're going to do like three weekends. And then hopefully we'll be ready for April to go out and do these festivals. Like the one with those guys. And in the following week, we have one in um, Milwaukee with like Hyrax and um, Evil Dead and Anvil and all those kind of bands are playing too. So this is what I've been doing all this, all this time, like getting the record done and getting all this stuff together with Amos and just trying to get my shit right, you know, and, mourn for fucking my buddy i mean dave was one of my best friends in the whole fucking world i mean top three in the world the closest guy to me in the band we just go back for years and years right so it's been a little bit rough you know you get the holidays you get the winter where everything's a little slower and a little bit like you know creepier if that makes sense to you guys you know and it's it's just it's yes. what it is but i'm you know i'm ready to bust out i can't sit i'm a hyperactive dude and i like to go 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 and we haven't done anything in a few months now and just all i don't want to say business but just that part of it getting things right and getting the 
the album out. And of course, then the album, which takes me full circle, which you guys started to talk about, uh, <laughs> the, 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 we stopped the, we stopped the uh, production of the album because I wanted to put a sticker on there, you know, to, to celebrate Dave's life and what he meant to us and stuff. And, and Hell's Headbangers couldn't have been cooler. They could have easily said, no, 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 no. We need to get this out. Money, 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 money. They said, do whatever you want, you guys. They stopped the press. They put a sticker on there. They made a beautiful sticker with a tombstone and drumsticks on it. You've seen it. Greg, I know you. Yep, yeah, and um, and it just it just made me feel good and stuff, and you know, and it, it's like we're gonna go out and do this tour next year, and it's gonna be instead of Death Metal from the Grave, it's gonna be Death Metal from the Days. It's gonna be the name of the tour. So we're gonna go out and try this, and just it, it hurts, it sucks, because the guy's been. I've known this guy. We've grown up together, man. He's done so much for my family off the outside of the music and shit. He's just. It is what it is, but we're moving on, dude. We got to keep on going. He'd have been the first one to say, man, I fuck that shit. Keep rocking, man. And that's what we're going to do. And here we go. Year 34 in a row from deceased, you know, 2019, man. I can remember when it was 1985 and we were starting this fucking thing. We actually started in 84, but I don't always give, I never, I never counted till around January 85 because 84, we were called, we were called evil acts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which yeah. I say, yeah, which I say, you know, when you're 16, that's a great name. And when you're a little bit older. That's the dumbest one they ever come up with. We had Mad Butcher with two Ds. Like, we thought we were Def Leppard. Just like, you know, misspelling. <laughs> and we did that for a little while. But then it became deceased. And around, it was around January of 85 we became deceased. So we're literally, right now, at that 34-year mark, I would say. Wow. Well, happy anniversary. Well, thank you. <laughs> yes, definitely. So good. Your new album's thank the you. first album I've ever heard of your band. And did you like it? I, I loved it. All right, on. I okay. really. Um, my second favorite of uh, 2018. Oh, that's right. Okay, there you go. Oh, no. <laughs> right by <behind> Voivod. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's Greg. That's Greg. Oh, that's Greg. Okay, I'm already lost. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm on an episode of Twilight Zone. <laughs> there's nobody in the room. Yeah, there's ten people in the room. Yeah, there's fourteen people in the room. There's nobody in the room. Who are characters in search of an exit? <laughs> Push the button. Yeah. Yeah. Abandoned project. Abandoned project. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you. That's good. Well, that's good. I'll take. Well, like I said, deceased is always number two. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, great album. And I, I'm a drummer too. So I, I was listening, actually listening to the drums, and I loved the things that he played on there. So that's hard for me to hear that he uh, passed away. Now that's. Yeah, it's just yeah. He's a, he's a hell of a fucking drummer, man. He really was, and he busted his ass to learn that because. With deceased nowadays, you know, every a lot of bands are this way, especially us older guys. Is there's so much going on in our lives between works and marriages and houses and pay and you know time. You try to do it right, and that's what took us seven years to get this one done. Our our main guitar player Mike, who writes a lot of the most of the riffs, uh, he uh, was overseas a lot. He had a government job, but he was actually living over in the Middle East for a couple of years. Right. You know, and we we only practiced like for about. Three of those, three or four of those years, we practiced like twice a year. And this year, well, last year, it started getting where he could get over here and practice more. We just figured this was the time to do this. So there wasn't a lot of time and stuff outside of that. And since I write, I write all the drum parts, and then Dave has to learn them from there. So it's not like Dave knew them all along. Dave had to come in, and he, you know, he was a little nervous about it. And I told him, I said, "You're kicking ass." Before he, he never would take a compliment. He would always think that it wasn't up to par, which worked to his advantage sometimes because he played that much harder. But he was already, he already had it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, he did. Now, he did a hell of a fucking job, man. Now, now, King, I don't uh, want to interrupt you too much on that, but um, I remember you saying uh, that that you had collaborated on the drum parts. So, and I was just curious because, you know, um, 
And I would I held up the sticker a moment ago actually because it's a great sticker. I cut it out and saved it with uh, my copy of the CD. But um, um, uh, you know, I uh, to me it's almost like this is uh, Dave's back in black. It's um it it's amazing because he totally goes and does his own thing, but he still has that. Off kilter, inches to the left, the C sound. <laughs> yeah, dude, he 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 got it. I, I'm a tricky player because I never learned. I was never taught or anything, and I and I'm lefty and I play uncrossed, so it's always been weird. And I play almost like a punky style. To me, it's kind of I mean not in league with, but similar to like a Keith Moon style. What I play is I try. I like to fill in a lot of the music. I don't keep like a backbone beat like a Phil Rudd or even like a Lombardo, who's a master of the speed and all that stuff. But he doesn't right. doesn't really fill in a lot of the spaces. I like. And as Dave learned when he first came in, he grew up on Maiden and Slayer and that kind of stuff. So he was from that school, and I started teaching him the deeper shit, and he started falling in love with stuff like Boy Vibe stuff. Because he, he was, you know, he, I don't want to say he was a mainstream guy, but, he, you know, the, the top level of shit. He knew, you know, you come in and be like, yeah, you like Thrash Metal? He's like, yeah, I like Slayer. And it would, you know, that's where it stopped. Yeah. And maybe he got some Sepultura or, or something out of him, you know, like that far down. But that's all he knew. And then I started showing him these deeper bands and these, you know, crazy drummers and, you know, right. and all that kind of shit. Shit, and he got the, the just of what I was trying to do. And he finally had, you know, over the last few years live, like what we do, he became a machine and he had all the little nuances were in there. And that's, yep. that's where he was. He just, he had it, dude. We were, he, he just bought a second drum set, man. He just bought a second drum set like a month before he died. He bought a second drum set, one for the studio and one for fucking playing out. Yeah, yeah, we could be go, we, we, we go on about this all the whole the whole conversation, but yeah, that 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 guy rules, man, and it, it, the world lost a good fucking person, man. No, no, it's a matter of no, I'm listening. Get a word I'm listening to the whole thing, uh, everything <laughs> thing. It's just my dog is, but in but in an evil way. Okay, in, in an evil oh. way. In a what way? <laughs> oh, oh, <geez. laughs> well, uh. I'll, I'll let uh, uh, Troy say his thoughts first because when I start talking about this, I guarantee you I go on a, a couple minute roll similar to King. <laughs> sure. I, you I love been, this record. Uh, you have been since so, November. So. so you want me to uh, yeah. <laughs> give my, my rating, my, my, my review? Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Ooh. this album is great. It's definitely. Uh, Definitely one of the one of the top records of 2018. I liked it a lot. Um, the, uh, the standout tracks to me were really the, the first four and the last track. Who's that girl that sings on that song? Okay, She's that's awesome. that's our guitar player, Mike Smith's daughter. Oh wow! He told me he said I like to have I like to have her name's Jillian Smith. He said uh, I'd like to have her, uh, my daughter, sing on this album. I said, dude, I'd love it. I said, I got a song. It's about Let's Scare Jessica to Death, an old 70s horror movie. And I said, you know, I need the female voice. Really? And I said, I want to do it. But I wanted to really? do it the right way. I didn't want to do it that, you know, that typical shit that people do nowadays. I wanted it to fitting. And she, dude, she got the just of it that quick. She she did all that. And I would say Fantastic. all that in 45 minutes. That All her parts was for 45 minutes. And she actually did some stuff that we didn't end up using. And it was kind of funny because we were going to try to do a part where me and her sang together. We, we actually had, this was in my mind when we were trying to do this, but when it came together, I was like, I was like, we're like fucking Donnie and Marie, right? I was like, this is fucking perfect for death metal, <laughs> Donnie and Marie. 
And then she, I said, well, you know, she said, well, can you want to try to harmonize with me? And I said, I, I can't do clean. I'm too beat up and my throat's just too raspy anymore. It's clean. And you, you hear her. She's like precise. She's like Ann Wilson, Pat Benatar, precise. You know, and I was like, I can't do that. And I said, you want to try to come down and dirty it up like me? I said, maybe that's either. She tried it. She couldn't do it. And I said, well, you're the clean, I'm the dirty. So we'll just stick with that. And then we just separated it. And I put that together how, how I wanted it. And I love it. That, that, that's one of my favorites. My favorite, yeah. too. My, my favorite, too. i let you talk some more. I like the first two tracks are my favorites. I love the long one. Chairman of the Sword and Lore is my favorite. And I like Mrs. Allardyce second. And that song's been on tap since supernatural addiction 2000 that was supposed to be and not not this version but the, the title was supposed to be used as a song in 2000 as the last song on supernatural addiction but we got so hung up we all fell in love with the blair witch project movie when it came out that we had to write a song about ellie and ellie's dementia back then but this song has like actually been waiting to be done 19 well 18 years wow. and, and when it was done i'm like this is just what i heard this is what i heard in my head and it's all this music was written later you know, so it's like, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah I really that's like cool. The, so the first four and the last I, one are I'm your a favorite. horror fan. I love horror. Uh, I, I just, I just, I just love the way, I mean, right. to me, like, put it this way, um, as far as like any of the, 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 the people that are watching this and listening in, it, you know, because they, that they didn't, they never heard the band before. I, I've always said that uh, previously to the other guys here, I said that you guys sound like a combination of like Slayer meets Iron Maiden meets uh, what was the other bit? Except, uh, I I think that's great. Yep. Hey, I'm loving that, dude. And you and you get and you get it right, dude. I'm glad that comes to you because that's what it was. Like for me, and we could go on this topic all night too. For me, death metal doesn't have to be. That's to me, my death metal is. I want to create an eeriness and a haunting vibe to the record. And, and I'm not going to sit here and, you know, brag our shit up or anything. I'm not that kind of guy, but I'm very proud of what we got. It's what we wanted to go for. And what I think we achieved on the record was there's a, there's a aura to it of, you know, of eeriness and stuff and a hauntingness and, I don't say morbid, but something like that. And and that you don't get that from, no. you know, the gurgly gurgly subobituary or cannibal corpse. That's never been death metal to me. It's labeled that and I understand where people say that's that's death metal, you know, and this is not death metal. You guys sound more like Judas Priest and stuff. It's like it's like it's it's a combination of everything we grew up with. It could be as far right as Queensryche. It could be as far yeah. left as Repulsion. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's it's just a combination and an influence of everything. But the, our bottom line and what I'm the most proud of is I think we have our own sound. And I think that it's it, it's our own character. It's our own personality in the music. And that that's what I'm proud about is because I arrange those songs. Every arrangement is my, is my arrangement. The guys, especially Mike Smith, almost all of it's his riffs. You know, and Shane and me, we wrote the endless well, me and Shane. That was the first song where Mike Smith hadn't written any riffs into it in quite some time. He did contribute to the, the melodies and the guitar middle part, but that's something like that. Unless our bass player, he just, he just you know plays what? the bass. I, I, the way, when I listen to this record, um, I feel that, you know, a lot of times when, you know, you listen to a band and you, and you try to break down the different parts and try to focus on different parts, guitars usually refer to rhythms. But in, on this record, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of melodic riffing, uh, you know, there's, um, the guitars sing, the guitars sing a tune, their own tune. And I, I love that. I love when guitars, you know, yeah. Right on. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely something that's Mike great. loves. Mike loves that new wave of British heavy metal. Those, those like, like 
and sometimes it's this is one thing I did for the Decibel magazine did an uh, did an in the studio report with me and they were trying to ask me what the record sounded like I didn't know what to say at times I had put any vocals down it was all in my head still and I just told them I said it's kind of like creepy carnival music to me is what I told them I said it's that I don't know what it is it's like it's like sometimes it's happy but it's not happy it's morbidly not happy happy it's almost like when you hear a clown music supposed to be happy sometimes but you know the music's kind of like it's awkward and it's weird. That's what I was getting from it on the instrumental at the time we were, it was an in the, in the studio report, the instrumentation of it all was as far as we got. I just said it was like that. So I, I get what you're saying about the guitar singing. Cause I was hearing that too, almost like an ice cream truck going yeah. down the road with this fucking freaky fucking like soundtrack underneath it. And some weirdo driving the truck. The guitar lines. That's, you know, that's, that's key. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's 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 excellent. You know I also wanted to know, uh, as far as the artwork is concerned, who who actually drew that? It's awesome artwork. I love it. It's it's a, it's the same. It's a guy. Uh, it's a guy named Raúl Gonzalez. He's out uh, of Spain. He actually did our surreal overdose cover too. That artwork. That artwork. This is wild. This that. Okay, we finished the last album. Was done in two thousand eleven. Me and him, I said, we got to do another album together. We got to do another artwork. I had him at the time, and we just through emails, and he's and he's very Spanish, and I'm very American. So it was like we were trying to, you know, break down the, you know, the walls of all that. And he literally, we we started off with something very different, and we worked our way to that because it, it was kind of like I was like, well, shit, am I not telling him what to do right, or is he not getting to just what I'm saying? And then he did. All of a sudden, we got on the same page and we got it done. And that that artwork has been wow. done since March of 2012. It's been done that long. And nobody, nobody, and I, except for my wife and my son, had seen that artwork. Not even anybody in the band had seen that artwork until, until July of 2018 when I presented it. Like, we finally released the cover for the album. Before, because it was Hell's Headbangers was trying to get it ready to go and all this stuff. We were shooting for that Halloween release. And then the, that's the first time those guys saw, saw it. They were like, wow, this is killer. Cause they, they, you know, I they always leave that to me to make the covers and where we're going to go with it, what the ideas are with the lyrics and the song titles and all that kind of, it's always been my thing. So they, you know, when it came time, I was so happy, but that, that artwork is basically amazing. Uh, it's over six years. I mean, I'll ask you if you know, I mean, do, do you know if he used markers, pencils or acrylic paint? He painted it. Okay. Oh, he he definitely painted. Because yeah, I know that you get painted. different types of effects yeah. if you use you know pencils versus markers versus paint. But that that's great. I mean, I especially love the apparitions in the background that approaching the bed. Oh. He yeah, it, it was different. I can tell you this. I'll give you guys uh, exclusive. Uh, it started off with a hand with a candle above above the thing, and the and the hand was reaching down, and the candle wax was dripping onto the people on the bed. That was the original thing, and I didn't, I thought it overtook the people on the bed, so we backed off it. And he literally painted painted. He didn't repaint it. He painted over that into, and we went for the. I told him I said, you know, give me some kind of like background of. I don't want to go zombies. You know, we've done that before. It wasn't that. I said I just wanted some. You know, some like you said, like some apparition type of things because what are what are ghosts are they the dead are they whatever and i was trying to give different ideas in there and, and the main idea i got which started that whole thing was that it was i took it from I, my idea my ideas came from phantasm movie where the scene where you know michael the little boy's out and they wake oh, up yeah. and he's in the bed out Good. in the middle of nowhere in the cemetery <laughs> you know and then the tall man leans over him that's where it originally started from and people ask me what my obsession is with beds because the last time had beds and luck of the corpse had the lady in the bed and I, and I, my, my, my reasoning with this was, you know, the bed is where, you know, 
you basically where you can actually get away from this world the more that any place you go to sleep you dream you leave the world you know that's why i i used it twice in a row and uh i just thought it worked so well i love the faces i love what right. he did with it man he he made it his, his own but yeah i got to do it my way and he did it his way we both we, we butted heads a few times we it wasn't intentional We're, we both are we laughed we laughed our way through that but uh yeah, he did a hell of a job. His name's Raul Gonzalez. I mean, he's a hell of a fucking artist. The back of my head. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> right oh, on. Color, color scheme is awesome. I really like the colors and everything on it. It's really colorful. You should. Uh, I, I what's that love called? it, and um, I said I love it, and uh, you, you know, it's it's really cool that King mentioned uh, the whole phantasm thing because this. Uh, this whole ghostly white record really just put that movie into my mind. Like uh, when when you hear the first tones of Mrs. Allardyce, or at least when I hear them, I just imagine Angus Scrim doing his side toothy smirk and dropping the deceased album onto the turntable. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's, that's 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 good visuals. I like I like when people get uh you know get clever with their thoughts. That's awesome. That is, That'd make a good T-shirt, King. <laughs> oh, there you go, right, right. We've got a lot of ideas here. That Mrs. Allardyce, man. I mean, that goes back, and the reason, like I said, with Supernatural Addiction was the thing with Supernatural Addiction, just to get it up to Ghostly White, was I wanted to go back to places when I was a kid that used to freak me out and things like that, like the Boogeyman and things like that. Back in 2000, I want things I was in. You know, I can remember being a kid and read and reading the Telltale Heart. You know, and needed to do the Dark Chilling Heartbeat about that. I can remember watching that Twilight Zone episode called 22, which was basically the lady was kept ended up in the morgue, and it was the premise that she was going to die so we had the premonition and then you got the one which is a very familiar stranger which is one of my all-time favorite songs on record by us i think one of the ghostliest tales that's come together the most and that was the this is this is wild in 1974 uh my mom the that that halloween it snowed i was we were really poor we lived in the one of the poorest areas of virginia and we were just very poor my dad had just died of cancer new year's day and I was like, I, I was only five years old when he passed away. But anyway, so uh, we, um, my mom was out working two jobs to keep my sister and me and my aunt was watching us. And my mom came home and it was Halloween night. We were just kids. And we were in our apartment. And my mom said, come out to the car. I got something I want to show you. We went outside and she had bought me this famous ghost stories record by, by Wade Dennings. And I remember she had me open it up in the trunk of her car and inside of it was just one of those bullshit little trash bag fucking ghosts. That you, you know, you put your hands on it and make it a ghost. Right. It costs all of two cents, but it was inside the record, right? <laughs> and we, we turned to go back in the house and my mom said, hurry up, hurry up, go, go, go. My mom got scared. I looked over and I saw this fucking the bunny man. I know you guys know the legend of the bunny man, okay? We saw yeah. the fucking bunny man. I went in the fucking house and my mom was, was legitimately scared. And I went in the room and I was scared all night for this fucking bunny man. Well, it turned out like years later, my mom said, you know, that was real. That was real. And then as I got older and somewhere, I, obviously I was, I'm old, I'm an old, old fart. Like, you know, you don't get to read about things on the internet in the, in the seventies or the eighties or, you know, until the latest of the nineties. And so I was asked people about this. People were like, Oh, the bunny man. Yeah. That's in every town. That's like the boogeyman. That's like, you know, the guy with the, the hook for an arm and all this kind of shit, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay. So I asked my mom, my mom's, my mom's like, no, it really fucking happened. So one day getting into the computer era, we were sitting somewhere, me and my mom, we started talking about it. And then on the fucking TV, 
right when we were talking about it, this fucking came on and said, yeah, a man was arrested, for, uh, was basically put away in the 70s for, for hurting people. He never killed anybody, but he went after people, chasing people with axes, and he cut somebody real bad, chopped somebody, didn't kill him, but chopped them up a bunch. And they put him in jail for like 40 years. And now he was this old man. They showed him. He, they said, oh, he's been released. And he's, you know, he's out in the Route 29 area, which is Lee Highway, Virginia, blah, 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 blah. So my mom, I told my mom, I said, so that was real. And she went into detail about what she saw that night. She's like, we, he was, she goes, he was right in the distance from us. We had to run in the house. And I said, I thought it was just a scary costume on Halloween. My mom's like, no, 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 no. So all those years, you know, when Supernatural Addiction Time came and I wanted to do that, I said, I have to write this 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 thing. And it wasn't going to be about the bunny man. I had to go back to that record with that fucking a very familiar stranger, which is the classic tale of the guy picks up the girl, the girl's dead, he drops her off, she's dead, he comes back, the mother says she's dead, but he was she was just in the car with him, et cetera, et cetera. So when it comes to ghostly white all these years later, I said, I gotta return to that stuff and things as a kid. What I did in Mrs. Allardyce is from Burn Offerings, which is the Karen Black movie Dan Curtis made, nineteen seventy six film Burn Offerings. And I said, we ha I have to get that, that, that fucking spooky-ass intro. It's got to lead off the record. And, my, and everybody's like, you don't want to start the record off with something fast? I said, no, we're going to pull. And I said this. We're going to pull a fire. So we're going to pull a Forged in Fire from Anvil. We're going to come in with a slower song. And they're like, whoa, we always come in with something fast. Because we're known for our whatever hyperactivity. And uh, it's a good so I went and grabbed this fucking song. And I went and took this, you know, this storyline. And I just thought about when we were, when I was a kid. In 1976, I was in the theater with my mother watching Burn Offerings, and my mom was the one to turn me on to all this crazy. She put the EBGBs in me, which I still have to this day. And uh, I was sitting there watching the movie. I don't know who's seen it besides me. We're talking about now, but the I ending have. is okay. Well, the ending's the ending's pretty obvious of what's going to happen, but it's but it's obvious in a way like you want to see it, but you're 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 afraid to see it. There's been some you know some harrowing stuff in that fucking film, as you know, the chauffeur, the smiling chauffeur, and you know the the Betty Davis scene. Where the guy comes up the stairs with the, co the coffin and all that. Anyway, the finale's coming, and my mom's like, I was like, I put my hands over my eyes. I was like seven, eight years old. And I said, I'm going to go in the lobby. And she's like, Go ahead, I'll be out when it's over. She's like, and My mom would fuck with me. She'd be like, Go out there and stand in the lobby by yourself. And, you know, hopefully she won't come get you while I'm watching the movie. She would do that. My mom would do that to me. So that's where I got the EBGBs. jeebies So I was thinking, God, open up with that fucking, that goddamn, those notes, you know, and, and, and I think it, I think it's effective. It's very effective. And, it's, it, it sets yep. you up. It, it, something in the tone of those notes gets that hair on your arms to stand up before the record's even started. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it does. And um, it, if you remember, uh, King, the first night I listened to it, I messaged you on Facebook and I said, you know, um, it, it, it gave me goosebumps immediately. I mean... Uh, yeah, you did tell me that. Yep. Not, not only is it uh, just... Uh, great heavy metal but yeah it just intertwines the horror into it so well but uh musically just those notes and the way the album starts off i mean i know it's totally different from album i'm about to say but i it has its uh similarities in the spirit of it but uh it was like the first time i heard iron maiden's killers almost and then Mary was there as well uh wow just well, I'm, I'm glad it did that for you, but I'm glad it worked it's, itself out. And yeah. it's 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 so weird for me now because that I had such pot. Well, I, I I'm very proud of the part where in the middle where it says, you know, uh, uh, you know, we all die alone part. You know, right before the ending part yes. comes out of that section, though. 
the final moments of Tara, we die all alone. I was like so looking forward to that live to get everybody singing that in the audience. I was going to actually extend it almost like our grave digger, our heavy metal anthem part live. And I remember, I remember the guy that was sitting there, the engineer, Mike Bozier goes, you're actually going to sing that part. I said, yeah, and this is almost going to be like a sing along part, like, like Mary Poppins. That's what I told him. I said, you know, it's going to be this. And I said, I can see the crowd like doing this, but all I can fucking think about now since Dave died is fucking Dave dying all alone. And I'm like, now I don't even want to do it. I'm like, so like fucked up. And Dave would be like, come on, man, just fucking do it, dude. So I'm trying to get through that, but it's just like every time I hear it, it's like, and that dude really did die all alone in terror, you know? It's like, fuck. So that's, it's, it's, yeah. it's weird. But yeah, that's, that's the part I love. I love that whole, mel- that whole melody section that makes the song for me, that part. And I, I played a little bit of keyboards in it. There's a real part where there's a nice twirl that just hits that fucking note in the key that goes with that guitar of Mike and James. And man, it's just to me, I'm just like, that makes that's what I that's what I live for when I something that I that I personally really love that we've written. I'm like I'm I want to hear this, you know. I, you know, sometimes we'll do songs where I'm like, oh, it could have been better. I'm I'm real picky. It's like I said, I've always arranged every song from day one with the ceased. I'm very picky and stuff. But I was like, yeah, that that's that came together nicely. So I pat myself on the back for that, and then I now find another part to bitch about that I'm not so happy about. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I got to be honest. I I love Luck of the Corpse, Fearless Undead Machines. I I don't dislike any deceased albums, but uh, for me, this is just uh, the the penultimate. This album is great. Uh, it, it incorporates everything you've ever done, just and uh, just the feel, the uh, the heavy metal spirit to it, that uh, trueness, like. Uh, evokes the same emotions that Iron Man's Killer does or Merciful Fates Don't Break the Oath. And it even sounds like that a little bit in uh, Mike and Shane's guitar riffs. I mean, just uh, some of the melodies and the hooks, they're just beautiful, like on Diamond Head's uh, Lightning to the Nation. But then at the same time, you'll jump into this Chuck Schindler room from, uh, like, Scream Bloody Gore and... The, the uh, whole of it is really greater than its parts because it just comes together beautifully. It melts so much in the metal up to now together, but stands as its own is clearly a deceased album, and it's amazing. I love it. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Those kind words. That's why I like about this album so much. Is there's so many bands I hear in, in this album that I like. Like bands like um, I don't know. Do you, are you a fan of uh, Sentenced at all? Like the early Who? Sentenced. Sentenced. Yeah, I know. Sen- yeah, yeah. Sentenced isn't bad. I like the earlier stuff. Yeah, I did like some of the, that. Even a little bit on a mock and stuff like that was pretty. Even it was at least interesting. You know, I'm. You know, with me and Greg probably knows this the most. I mean, I'm. Most of my shit is just. I'm a British hard rock heavy metal guy most weeks yeah. on the road, but I know I, you could sit here and talk all the you know the death metal eras and how they got melodicized and stuff. Yeah. The time went on too, yeah, but yeah, yeah I do hear that too. I, I I get what you're coming from. Yeah, and like uh, Lake of. Tears. And I think that I think that still all that too, and uh, I think it all comes back to Maiden, now, you know. Yeah, I hear like a little Lake of Tears. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Um, I hear a little Slayer, obviously, and then you know some punk stuff in there too. It's this album's just like it got a little mix of everything, and that's why I like it a lot. Right, well, I appreciate that, man. I can tell you this on that last track that um, Pill Surroundings, that one section is totally meant to be like early Slayer intentionally. The part yeah. where we bring the sample in from the movie where the guy's talking about she used to be a vampire, yeah. or some people think yeah. she's a vampire, and then I get her talking 
you know, doing the evil voices and stuff and, and talking to herself, basically. That part's totally meant to be like Show No Mercy Slayer, for sure. And that song, uh, Germ of the Distorted Lore, that's my favorite song. That's, that's mine too, man. Good. That's, that's, uh, I gave that one the high. I gave that one a nine and a half, and I gave uh, Mrs. Allardyce a, a nine. Yeah. Probably, and we, 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 we play this shit with each other to see. Go See White is now Mike Smith from the band's favorite album we've ever done. It's his favorite. It's my third favorite. My favorite Supernatural. My second is the last album, Surreal Overdose. And this is third for me now. It's, it's close. It's very, it's, it's, it's almost like a 9.1 and a 9.0 for between that and Surreal for me, you know, and we, we do this stuff, but we, we, we do that with each other. We break down the songs and I'm, I'm a German of the sort of lore. Mrs. Allardyce second and probably Pale Surroundings third yeah, for me. The last so, many, so many different cool parts in there. Just all the melodies, the guitar melodies and even how your vocals fit with everything. And then, uh, like, I, I like try to, man. I like how it speeds up in the end. And it's just really cool. So, yeah, I want that's one thing with the vocals on that. I wanted to stay, I wanted to keep my ugly, you know, raspy, bassy, chronos like yeah. vocal because I want you to understand every fucking word that comes out of my mouth. I can't stand bands where you just like, what is that motherfucker saying? You know, yeah. the marble mouth, you know, my, I don't do that. I can't do that. Yeah, it's perfect. You got a fan out of me. I'm going to go back and buy every single album that you had out. So. All right on. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> if you need anything, come to me. I got them all. All right. I will. <laughs> Definitely will. Oh, we're going to have to talk later. <laughs> <laughs> right on. What, um, coming out of, you know, off your album for a little bit, um, what kind of new bands or any bands are you into like right now? Anything new? You know, but I just got to ask that the question last night. As for newer bands, nothing brand new, new as far as anything on any level. Um, a couple bands from the last few years. I really like a band from El Salvador we did a split with called Conceived by Hate. They had an album last year I loved. And they're, they kind of remind me of bulldozer a little bit of Deceased. Obviously, they're big. The guy's a big Deceased freak. That's how I know those guys. But I really like that album. I love, I love Savage Masters. I, you know, that band is great heavy metal with a female vocalist. I just think they write cool, catchy metal massacre yeah. type heavy metal that I like. I don't, you know, I, I'm not out to put anybody down and stuff, but a lot of what I hear is, is rehashed or it's just right. stolen or it's like, you know, it's like I've already heard second rate Iron Maiden clones. I don't need sixth rate. You know, you need to, you need to build from your influences. Like we were just talking about, like, don't, don't steal from them, but build from them. And right. most of what I hear just is kind of like that. Anything I'm listening to out is, is usually nowadays is not, it's not even metal stuff. Like, if there's anything I'm listening to, and it's just, you're going back 10 years on shit like this, so it's not even new. Like, I like stuff like the Poly 6, um, which is a Japanese band. It's almost like Nintendo crazy fucking, oh, yeah. like, but it's very fast and hyper. Yeah, like, just, something like that. It was a band from Australia. It was a bunch of kids. They were almost, they were poppy, like ugly pop. They were called Operator Please. That's, like, something I like. I love I love the uh, like some of the newer Guano Apes, which is a band that they were they were popular for a minute over uh, here twenty years ago. Yep, yeah. uh, and I like their last two records. I, I, I'm a big fan of female fronted like rock pop kind of stuff. I, I always love my No Doubt. That's one of my <laughs> one of the only bands in the '90s I liked. I thought they were like the Blondie of the '90s for me. And um, other than that, like you know, if I hear something or I'm out banging and stuff, you know, I, I want all my friends to succeed. And I know lots of people in lots of bands that are doing their own thing and stuff. I want them all to succeed. But you know, to be 100% honest with you, I'm still playing the, the shit. I'm still going to my shit. 
I went out today to that uh, record store we were talking about a little while ago, and I, I bought fucking Talus on cassette and Under the Blade on cassette. <laughs> Fuck, I mean, on cassette. I've already <laughs> had them on record. Just, just to help the guy's record store. He doesn't have anything I want to buy. I already have these on CD and album. But I was like, oh, but I got to support the store. I mean, I want people to stay in business and shit. So I went in there. But don't want to be like, oh, man, this is really good. You need to hear it. And it's like, you know, you, you, know, you don't want to take a 15 to 99 chance on a record or even like a 12.99 chance on a CD and because most of the time I'll get it. I'm like, yeah, but I'm never going to play this. I'm like, it's not <laughs> terrible. It's not, not that I hate it, but it's just like, eh, this is, I, I you know, I've got Saxon upstairs already. I don't need these you know, little brothers, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> and that's a lot of what the heavy metal scene is for me right now. It's, I mean, there's some good bands and there's some good ideas and there's talent there, but I just wish people could write better songs. I just want, I, I need catchy in my life, man. And just the, the last 15 to 20 years of any kind of music it's like even radio music it's like there's no hooks very rarely you get a hook anymore and that's one thing i think maybe is what's maybe why people are digging the deceased a little bit because i think it's kind of hooky and kind of catchy and like you said you remember the, the you know, hum the tune when it's over i gotta have that i got i'm from the rock and roll way man i like the first chorus first chorus solo and then experimental part or something thrown in there out of the blue and then something weird you know, and, and then, you know, just, and then that's how, that's how I do it. I shake the tree, so to speak, and just, you know, try to get a little bit more out of what you would get. But, you know, I don't want, I don't want to come out and just hear a record. It's like, oh, this is heavy metal. You got to like it. But I was like, there's no fucking songs here. You know? Right. Exactly. And um, uh, uh, especially with the guitar hooks on this, King. And that's one of the reasons I love this album so much. Because, you know, uh, like you were just saying, the old verse, chorus, verse. But then like with early maiden or thin lizzie or motorhead the guitar hooks grab you too and you can even mouth along to that not just the lyrics you know uh right. you know hum the guitar hooks. i mean yeah i mean mike writes killer riffs it's down to me and shane are writing shane writes great riffs too i loved his band he had before called biovore which he gave me shane's been in the band over like 12 years now i think it was i think oh yeah years shane been in there and you know his band biovore was great that's what brought me in he had a band we book shows with deceased and very 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 voivodish i mean their record scientific proof was somewhere like voivod meets like the fur like rock for light bad brains you know and uh it was just cool and then he writes cool riffs and we're going to start writing more me and him now it's like, like i said we wrote me and him wrote endless well that was something we wanted to try to yeah. do together and i had that riff came into my head one night i was upstairs watching uh what was it uh, what, fucking well, some giallo movie i can't remember what it was right now but uh death smiles on a murder and uh we were sitting there and i just got this riff i told my wife i, said, I gotta fucking hum this riff into my phone hold on over here doing that main riff and shit and she's like i got something to go with that next thing you know me and Shane got in this well and i like i'm a big fan of that song too not just because we wrote it but i i think that song's very dismal i had somebody talking to me about that was it you greg or no was somebody yeah. talking to me about was it you yeah, about talking yeah. about how Yep, uh, like you were saying, how dismal and desperate it is. Yeah, it's creepy, man. Yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah. It's, yeah somebody it's, sent me something. I don't know who it was. I guess it wasn't you with this, but somebody was telling me, like, you know, because that song's about, like, you know, drugs nowadays, how crazy drugs and pills and heroin and yeah. text and all this shit is. And somebody me got into that, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's the real horror of the world. That's the real devil. These fucking drugs are the real devil watching our children, like, turning gray and dying before their time. And, you know, I just tried to play on the words and stuff, you know, growing attached to detaching every day, you know, yeah. things like that, play on words. And I wanted to make it catchy at the same time, a little bit of hardcore and a little bit of Voivod to it. And uh, it, it has a real 
when it ends, it's just haunting to me. It's just like, I, I'm just happy to have that back in our sound because that means the world to me. I don't want to just write yeah. faster, heavier, you know, type of songs. I want to leave those people scarred, you know. That's that's what I go for. We, there, none of our songs have happy endings. Never will the these songs. It'll yeah. always, everybody dies in the tale, always. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but, um, no, what, uh, another thing that we were talking about, because, and I don't mind saying this on air because I'm proud I beat it, but, uh, you know, I was a heroin addict for 11 years, so. I got a lot out of that, just seeing the, the destruction it does to the communities, all that, and then just the fact that I was uh, able to rise above it. But uh, hey, I'm proud no. of you, man. I'm proud of, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, you really know me. I wish anybody's read my book. I never, I never got to heroin, dude, but I was a coke and fucking PCT freak for fucking yeah. hell, and I quit all that shit when I was 19 because I'm Mr. Extremist. I got to go out and do, do fucking $2,000 worth of cocaine in three hours. You know, kind of guy. That's the truth. Yeah. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't even have made it. I wouldn't, we never would have had a band. We, we had. We would have had one demo and I would have died. We did wow. the Evil Said Religion in '86, and I fucking spent one full year of '87 in my house, fucking like one year, finding my life again, dude. You know, and and it was not good. And then three years later, somebody talked me into drinking. And for the next 12 years after that, I was just a drinker, and I didn't even like to taste alcohol. I never did, and I'm already the guy that'll go out and just, you know. I don't want to say instigate, but you know, just I'm already on. I'm already a wild man, so to speak. I come out with my balls on fire. I don't need to fucking, you know, set them on fire twice. And that's what alcohol used to do to me. I do some asinine shit. I told you earlier when we first got on the phone. You know, I drink a fucking quart of motor oil one night, a whole fucking quart of motor oil. <laughs> Stupid. And or I'd go out and fucking get in people's car and be like, they didn't even know me at a light. I'd be walking. I'd be like getting in their car, like you're taking me to the fucking party, you know. And I'm, you know, <laughs> you're gonna, you're, I'm gonna shoot you in the fucking head. You're gonna die. You know, they're gonna kill me. All that shit I went through and all that stuff. I was glad to get away. You know, I haven't, I haven't had drugs since I was 19, so 31 years there. And I haven't had booze uh, in 17 years now for me. And that's good for me because I, I don't need it. To each their own, man. I just, I just, I always, only thing I ever preach is Clint Eastwood, just, just as long as you know your limitations, you know. And obviously, if I'm pushed it past that point, I, it was not for me. And I'm, I'm proud of you, Greg, and anybody fucking that's listening and watching you. Just, just keep at it, man. It's, it's a lifelong fucking thing. Got to stay with it, but it'll, it'll make you stronger. It'll make you more of a fucking, of a, of a stronger human being in the end, man. Yes, it will. Yep. Very, very glad to hear everybody's uh, doing, you know, better now. So, oh, right God. no more oil, no more, uh, you know. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, I'm down, I'm down to fucking Funyuns. I'm down to Funyuns. <laughs> I tell people we do. We, um, we have a thing we play when we play live. We do a couple songs. One of them is Psychedelic Warriors from Nick Luck of the Corpse, which was written about LSD back in the day. And then we have the song Morbid Shaven Black from Blueprints or Madness, which was about PCP back in the day. And so we do a one-two punch on those live. And I talk for a minute about the shit. You know, I don't preach. You know, everybody's got to learn their own way. But uh, then I get to the point where I'm like past that. I'm like, all right, now we're going to talk about some really fucked up shit I just can't <coughs> seem to beat. And, and it's, it's fucking Funyuns and and uh, Nestle Quick Strawberry Milk. <laughs> probably worse. That, that's worse for me than cocaine and PCP and LSD and all that, you know. But uh, uh, I, I will say, Kang, and probably only you and I will get this, but uh, no more tins of love boat for anybody. <laughs> yeah. No more love boat, man. We're done. Yep, yep, we've we done right. that. You lost me on that. It's... Um, Virginia, Maryland. <laughs> yeah, D- DC slang. I mean, basically, basically, it's embalming fluid on parsley. 
is what it is. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, that's where it got its name, the love, you know. The yep. brothers named it Love Boat. They called it the Love. And you go downtown, you get these sacks, and it's supposed to be that. You know, people, it was it was fencyclidine, PCP, supposedly killer weed, all that kind of shit. But you go down there, and these motherfuckers, that all they do is grab grass off the street, and they go underneath yep. the thing and pull out roach killer or whatever, and they'd spray it, and we'd buy it for 10 bucks, and we'd huff it down, <laughs> and it make you leave the planet. It would. You don't know. I mean, I, who knows what chemicals we've inhaled over the years, because I, I promise you. That, that, those poor ghetto people selling us that shit. They would hate sure as fuck weren't all getting the, the you know the, the real love, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, we um, in our day. Yeah. And and then that uh, with with uh, what you were saying and the feel of the song, and then we're talking about the uh, haunting vocals and uh, a little voivodish, but all that together immediately uh, just evoked in my mind, you know, the beginning of uh, Forgotten in Space. All systems go. <laughs> I hear that. I do. That yeah. I, I said that to Shane. I said, man, when we recorded, I said, this is killing technology. Like, for yes. sure, something in, yes. that, in that world. Yep. Yes. Um, it's uh, it's it's spiritual successor. I would say it's, uh, it reminds me a lot of that record. Um, really, uh, if I had to say outright, um, I really think it would be a perfect mashup of uh maiden's killers and uh possessed seven churches wow there you go we're all yeah. over the place where yeah i appreciate it man yeah. you guys are commenting uh nice comments and we appreciate it man and i and what really makes it is that i know you've listened like when you're talking to me what you're saying to me and you're, when you're breaking it down i know you've listened yeah, I got people like sometimes this goes way back sometimes people like yeah the record's killer and they didn't even play it you know what i'm saying about a week yeah uh, about a week <laughs> Right, a week straight. I couldn't stop. But yes. the other day I was at my wow. just listening good, to it. Good, I couldn't stop listening. Good, good album. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to it. Yeah, it's weird. I'm waiting on reviews. Uh, you know, Hell's Headbanger sends me, sends me press re- yeah. releases and shit for the record. And they said that Playboy <laughs> Magazine reviewed it. I want to see why, why and what they said. Wow. They did. Playboy Magazine reviewed it, you know? If uh, if you get album of the year in Playboy, is it a Woody Award or? <laughs> I don't know what you get out of that. You get the Huey. <laughs> well, well, in keeping with disease, uh, you could call it the Angela. Hey, there you go. I wonder if the trophy comes shaved. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like the Bush or no Bush uh, version? No, it's just weird I, it, that they were reviewing that. It was just funny to me. And there's a lot of stuff. I, I've seen a lot. Um, I've seen like one guy say that the, the German distorted lore was too long. It's like they could have wrote another song. This just repeats itself. And I don't know what he was listening to. Because to me, it definitely doesn't repeat. I mean, there's a couple parts that it, you, you come back to because it's the, 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 you know, the main fucking part right. of the song. And that's that's each their own. Right? You know, reviews are what they are. I mean, I, I I like to read them all, and I actually prefer the negative ones because it's kind of funner. My favorite of all, though, are the ones where you get up from overseas and you have to you have to go and uh, change the you know change the uh, language to them on there and you know break them down. And then then the words come out funny. Like one of them, it said it said something like King King screams like werewolf. Like it came out King screams like werewolf, and I was like, I love that. <laughs> So they, you know, you get some of that. And one guy, one guy didn't like the female vocals on on the Hell Surroundings. He was like, "Nah, deceased. They don't need you. Don't need this in your repertoire." And and I was like, "Really? Oh, man, I love, you know, what, you're, you're going to get that." I mean, we do, we've had records where people are like, "You, you can tell when someone's a, is is just a, um, 
I don't know what you want to say, like just a half, like a halftime or a weekend warrior kind of metalhead where they're like, one guy's like, not for this record, but somewhere in the past, he was like, these guys sound just like nuclear assault. You know, and I'm like, huh? Where does he get that? Actually, actually, this is true. This is true. Somebody on the new record, I don't know where it is. I'll try to find it and send it to you, Greg, at least. Somebody was saying that there was a lot, there was a lot of Megadeth riffs on this record. Now, you know, I what? hate Megadeth. And I was like, yes. Megadeth riffs, I don't hear any of that. But if, but if that's all he has to go on, that's all he has to go on. You know, wow, that is so off base. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it, it actually ended. The last thing he said was, "All right, Dave, let's see you top this one." <laughs> I, was, I was laughing at that. But, you know, to each their hey, anybody takes the time to listen or review it, we appreciate it. Good, bad, or otherwise, we've never cared if we were the hip raider band of the month, and we never will. We don't care. I'll still tell you your band sucks, and your band's incredible, depending on what I think. Honestly, I won't lie. Oh yeah. I'll never blow smoke up somebody's ass, dude. I hate that. I'd rather you tell me I suck from day one than stick to it than, you know, <laughs> flounder. Right, exactly. And, um, I, you know, that attitude is just totally what Deceased is all about, too, I've always felt like, because you guys have just done what you've done best for all these years, and it just always comes out great. <laughs> It's all, it's always going to be 110% always. We'll never do what I call a rent record. We'll never just throw something together. We could have, because a couple of people asked in interviews in the last couple of weeks. I'm like, they're like seven years. I'm like, it took seven years. I'm like, we got lives. We got wives. We got fucking bills to pay. We got fucking overseas jobs and things. We're not, when we get in the room, if we can get in the room sooner, we'll get in the room sooner. But when we can't, if it takes seven years, it takes seven years. You know, and I'll say it didn't take seven years to create this. I mean, it, it took seven years to record it and get it done. We, it was done if we were to take the time spent into it as a band, probably two years. But you know, it was four or three or four years there. We couldn't even get together. Like I said, you know, our one guitar player, he was over in the Middle East for like almost like 90% of the year, three years in a row. Like he would go months at a time be like, I wouldn't talk to him for eight months. Right. And I'll say, he'd be like, yeah, I'm back for two weeks. If we want to get together and do a jam and we get together, we'd fix something up. He'd leave again. I'd bring all the shit here to my house, all the recordings. And we're, we're, we're boom box guys. We're still from the days of we go in with <laughs> Shaley uses phone. Shaley uses phone now to record, but I always bring in what I call the $12 studio, which is basically my boom box. I put the old blank tape in there. I record it. I come home, I drop it into my computer. I can go in there and I can go into my editing shit. And I can fucking like try to change the parts around since we're not all in the room going let's play it this way let's try it that way i'll bring it to my house go to my computer and be like maybe this is the chorus part let me move this down here i have the you know the software to do that kind of shit but we still go back and then once they're back and everybody's in the room i've already done the homework and i say okay this is what works let's play it this way i'll show them and then we have it instead of like having to flip it and flop it and shit it's actually cooler that way to me because in the past you're like let's put riff three first and let's go with riff two fourth and all this and they're like huh but if i just do it and then play it to them, they're like okay i got it one try so it actually saves time that way, but it's just a matter of getting everybody in the room to do it. So you don't share <coughs> stuff like uh, through right. email and stuff? No, no, we never, we've, we, I'll send them some Dropbox stuff sometimes on things like that. But mo most of the time we need to be in the room just to do it. Cause this, you know, cause one of the reasons I learned, you know, all, uh, well, I guess it's on the record, but off the record, so to speak, is if you show them everything and they start getting ideas, they'll try to switch it up on you. And you come in there and then you'll totally be like, no, no, but this, but that, but that. But it's like, if you show like, this is how, you know, this is how it's going to work lyrically and stuff. And they, they get it, they've got it. Right. And if they totally don't like it or something, because that happens too sometimes, we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll change it. We'll, you know, we're, we'll be democratic about, about it. If we can tell it's just not going to work, you know, you don't want to be a hard head. Me and Mike Smith can get into some vicious fucking uh, 
verbal fights sometimes over shit. We we we, <laughs> we call our we we always say we're the Lennon and McCartney. He gets to be Lennon, I got to be McCartney because I'm left-handed. But uh, <laughs> that's our that's our like writing shit. And now Shane's been there for two albums, learning how, how what we do. And Shane's in there too with us, and he stands up for it too. I mean, we want to work together, and we want it just to be the best it can fucking possibly be. And that's how it's gonna always be. And it's fun to us, you know. It sucks we're not 17, living with our parents and stuff, and no bills and all that overhead shit nowadays. But you know, we're older now. But to to get this out is basically my. Mike's 51, I'm 50, Shane's like 44, you know, we're the older men, and you know, that's like, somebody was saying that, you still scream like you're 20 years old, I'm like, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't fucking, you know, do anything, man, I, 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 so I still got that. Hey, hey, Troy, hey. Troy's in his 50s, too, so he knows. Don't rush it. I'm 49, I'm going to be <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to train he's like I'm Wow. Well, you know, when you get older, like you, you guys have seen all this shit. You see all these bands out there and shit. Like they're bad. I mean, like I love my Kiss, but Paul can't sing no more. Now, you know, and Rob, to me, Rob Halford can't sing nothing now. He sounds to me, he sounded terrible for years, man. You can hear and, me, and, you know, and and your Van Halens and all that kind of shit. Just as you get older, some bands. I mean, I think Bruce and Maiden. 100% still have it. They're great. I mean, Bruce is, you can see his limitations now at times, but I mean, he still sounds dynamite for the times. It gets everybody. Age gets everybody, but it's how you work with your shit. Obviously, I don't go out and do 150 fucking shows a year like some of these guys do, and Maiden doesn't do it anymore, but even 50, 75 shows, you know, I try to keep my shit relaxed and go do what I have to do, and I'm a much, you know, more, I'm not I'm nowhere near Maiden's level of you know, activity as a band, but you know, you, you just got to keep your shit up and that's how you know if you're going to make it or not. But when people start fucking up and you know, you're like, this motherfucker sucks now. You're just like, Oh, that's bad. It's bad. Like Don Dockin, you know, <laughs> there's one, <laughs> you know, it's just oh, bad. Yeah. I mean, it just is. I mean, be fucking honest. I mean, you know, and, and you know, I'm a, Paul Stanley is my all time favorite singer, you know, as a fucking, and he sounds awful now, but I'd rather hear him sing live than it all of a sudden they're talking about this lip syncing shit. I can't do that, uh, dude. I'd rather hear it sound like shit. Well, yeah, he had, exactly. his, he had his throat worked on or something, didn't he? Yeah, it never came back. He's all fucked up. But he never doesn't took a break in 10 years. Every time they come off a Kiss tour, they go on that boat tour. Every time he's not on that, he's doing that Motown band. You know, his, yeah, he's doing that full time now. It's, yeah, it's like, he, dude, he never stops. I mean, more power to him the much you can do in a lifetime because the guy obviously loves to get up front and rock and roll. Yeah. And I, you know, I went and saw him at Penn State two summers ago with my wife, eight row, man. And I'm looking up and I'm like showing my, my wife that my stepdad is like early 70s. I said, look, that's Gene Simmons up there. I said, he's just almost the same age as Tommy or my stepdad. And I was like, look at him. He's fucking multi-millionaire and he's still taking a chance of ripping up on that cable every night and spitting blood down and shit. I was like, you know, and people want to knock these motherfuckers for making money. So I'm like, at least they're fucking Gene Simmons. Hate them all you want for fucking, you know, trying to trademark the horns or whatever and all that shit. But dude, I respect the shit out of any anybody on any level that gets up and fucking does something. Because nowadays, everybody, not everybody, but almost everybody, is fucking lazy, expects the world to give them everything, and they're woe is me and shit. And this motherfucker doesn't need to get up and climb to the top of an arena and possibly die on a, on a fucking mishap, you know, and kind of shit. And fucking he still does it. I mean, they get up, they go. They fucking, I mean, he's on tour doing so, and everybody's like, man, he just wants every fucking dollar out of the world. It's like, if he earns it, then he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my way of looking at something like that. If he's earning, if he, I mean, if you're not doing nothing and you're just fucking people over, like, like you know, the fucking, the tenement fucking movie, you know, the, the scummy landlord who's just fucking yeah. sucking everything out of people, that's one thing. But when you're actually out earning it and shit, playing and, 
entertaining people and they're they're enjoying it they're coming back for more leave the motherfuckers out of this you know it's, i don't know it's just weird sorry i got i got side i got sidetracked on a tangent there. we talked about we talked about kiss a few times with um that they, they want to have all the original members be gone and get new members for kiss do you think that would work you know what? If anybody can pull it off, because I mean, obviously, well, I guess we have another guy close to my age. <laughs> How old are you, Greg? 31. Okay, you're way. Okay, you're October 31. You're fine. Okay. Uh, no, like, oh, no, I'm just saying we, we grew up in the area the era that we did, like, in, in, especially for me with Kiss. Like, they were superheroes. I mean, they could do anything. They could do movies. They could do, you know, comic books, all that kind of shit. So if anybody can do it in, in their scheme of things, it would be Kiss. I don't know if it would be good or not. It might suck shit, but I don't, I mean, you know, I don't know. But I've never, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've never had a problem with them getting new members in the band. Like, I mean, I've always loved my Peter Chris Ace, Freely, Paul and Gene lineup, you know, because that's what I grew up with. That's, you know, that's the love gun and that's all that shit. But you can't knock these guys for continuing on without Ace and Peter. Ace and Peter were their own fucking, you know, their own fucking demise right. twice. Yep. Both of them. I mean, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. I want to just want to rock and roll. I don't want to do what Kiss does. Well, fucking as far back as 1976, you didn't show up for the recording of Destroyer. What, Troy? Two years yeah. after you guys were recording, you were already, like, letting fucking the dude from fucking Alice Cooper play your parts. You know, that's what I said when they were like, oh, they're going to take Gene and Paul to court. I, my thing was, what, is Anton Fig and fucking Bob Kulik going to show up and fight for him? <laughs> <laughs> they fucking sure saved their ass many other times. You know, so, I mean, you know, like Paul, Paul said it best. If, I'm, if you're drowning, I'll try to save you. But if you try to pull me in with you, I'm letting go. I, w- I was, <laughs> was going to say that, yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with King, but not to pay $300 a ticket to see Thayer and Singer. I'm sorry. I remember paying, I remember paying, what did I pay? Like 30 bucks to well, see them. <laughs> well, not, not with Thayer. Well, let me, let me tell you this. Like I said, with that Penn State two summers ago, dude, I had eight row. Eighty-one dollars. Wow, that's what I paid. Wow. That was that was the cost of the ticket. I know they kissed it, kissed it, and jacked that up yeah. to three hundred dollars. A lot of the shit you're seeing isn't Kiss doing it. I mean, I think this VIP meet them for five thousand two hundred million dollars is stupid. I hate VIP anybody. Bands I like, bands I despise. <laughs> if I, if I <laughs> yeah, if I, yeah, the exactly. money, I would, I, tell, I I would hate all that shit. I'd pay the money, and I'd say, I tell you what, fifty dollars. I'll give you another fifty dollars. Stick it up your ass first, then I'll smile. How about that one? And I'll take a video of that. That'll go viral. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, you know, my, my yeah, my yeah, my thing is, you know, tickets need to come down. But I'm hearing like weird shit, like people, how much it is to see bands. I mean, I'm not a fan of Ghost, but somebody just told me two days ago that they went to see Ghost and it was a hundred dollars to get in. Wow. Then I make that's more than I paid. That, dude, that's more than I paid for Maiden. That's more than I paid for Kiss the last four times I've seen Kiss. It was a hundred bucks. I'm like, for that? I mean, I saw that that shit. I'm not a fan at all. So if somebody's there, whatever, teach their own. But I saw those motherfuckers open for Iron Maiden, and I was fucking holding my ears for. God, <laughs> I, I've never heard somebody yelp so bad in my life as a singer. You gotta watch my favorite band. Wayne loves this. Hey, to each, hey, to each their own. There's no two ways about it, but I just don't. I just don't get it. I think it's more of the imagery than energy and than anything. Yeah. 
I just, for, here's my thing. When it first came out, I remember the seven inch. I remember all that stuff before they were anybody and they had the blister called merciful fate kind of sound. It was like, kind of like, you know, at the time nobody was doing that again, but people had already done that. But I, I knew, I knew a girl I knew had a purse full of fucking CDs. She was a goth girl. She had a purse full of CDs and every fucking CD I heard just as long before ghost took off and stuff is what ghost sounds like to me. The last couple of records, I was like, we were like, Oh, this is so unique. It's so its own thing. Now it's so such a hybrid of the cure and iron maiden and fucking what, you know, just whatever, just a piece here and a piece there. Boost your cult, merciful fate, blah, 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 blah. But for me, I'm like, this girl's got a purse full of this shit, man, from 10 years ago. These <laughs> record bands that's doing it, you know? So it's not unique, but nothing's unique to me. Everything, you can you can trace things back. Anything in the world, music-wise, has its, you know, its influences. And it's not that. I just, I just, for me, I just don't like it. I just hear it and I don't like it. Nothing against you for loving it, man. Hey, I, I respect anybody that loves what they love. Trust me, dude. I grew up Pat Benatar fanatic, following Queens right through the Rage for Order time when they look like just homosexual <laughs> vampires and all that shit, like looking for an image and shit. And everybody else was like, yeah, you can't listen to this. It's Sodom. Obsessed by cruelty. You got to put the Sodom on. I'm like, I love that too. But, you know, you love what you love. And more power to you, brother, on that. Just just not for me. Honestly, just not for me. I, I totally get it. But $100 a ticket, are you happy about that? No, I wouldn't. I'm not, I didn't go. I, hey, I, I tell you what. I tell you what. There's something that we all should pay for. Hey. And it's a jump on the plane and go see that one violent show that they're playing. One show. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about that. Oh, we're going to have we're gonna we're gonna have to argue some more then. I, I, dude, I, wouldn't I walk, saw I wouldn't them when they first started door. with Testament. and I thought they were phenomenal. Dude, I saw them five nights in a row open for Voivod on Dimension Hatros tour in nineteen eighty eight and I was gonna throw up my my eye sockets were coming up dude it was I did, just, i'm not first off don't say this i don't know how much you know me but oh, i hate bay area thrash i can't stand. i never liked metallica i can't stand testament none of that stuff like none of that stuff to me i always found them as rich sissy boys with fucking pretty hair and expensive guitars and it's just now i was more i'm more of a german german thrash mutant of the first endless pain creator the first two sodoms the fucking violent you know uh Stuff like that, you know. The uh, I don't know. How do I hang because up on this guy? Violent four, violent four, force. The early Iron Angel demos. I, I'm a big fan of the very first Whiplash. Is my favorite thrash album ever. Power and Pain. Power and Pain from Whiplash is my favorite. Oh. But I just never, dude. Honestly, just never liked that stuff. And and I'll be honest, that fucking that cat from Violence, man. I, I've been in lots of <coughs> backstage, a lot of bands hanging out and what? shit. That motherfucker is oh, always an asshole, man. Which one? Always a mouthy, cock sucking, eager to the, the fucking Rob Cat. That dude fucking is just he's just he's always fucking cocky and just. No, just not, not, not my kind of guy, man. Just, I mean, I could tell you stories, man. I could tell you my Chuck Billy story. We played a festival. They were on it with us. We played it. He wouldn't, he didn't want me to piss in the toilet behind the stage. Said it was his bathroom, and he didn't want nobody to piss in it. And the, and the fucking road crew came out and said, "This is everybody's toilet, dude." And Chuck Billy wanted to like block me out from making a piss. I was like, I "Remember that?" I was like, dude, what are you doing, dude? Just move. A motherfucker's got a piss. And I, he, he, he did not want to move. And I was like, what is going on here? You're well, but, but he's, not, he's not part of the uh, – you, you were referring to Rob, right? Rob Flynn, you said? Yeah, he's not part of the uh, – the, yeah. uh, what do you call it? The uh, the reunion. Nope. Everybody else but him. They have another guy coming. They got to step in. 
But you didn't like the band. Yeah, no, I yeah, no, I never, it just never was for me. Never, never cared for him. Did did have the um since I'm a record collector, I did for the novelty. I did have the uh, throw up ten inch uh, record, but I sold that long ago. (laughs) It was basically Campbell's soup. (laughs) Yeah, I sold that as well. Yeah, no, so again, each their own, man. We we like what we like. I mean, I, I, I fall out. I leave Slayer after Hell Awaits. I think Graded Blood is a, is a boring record. <laughs> Greg knows this. Yeah. Greg sees the yeah. other. You know, yeah. I, I'm a show no mercy guy when it comes to Slayer. I'm, I'm that guy. And Metallica, never liked them. When they came out, I was looking for the heaviest, fastest shit in the world. I thought, kill them all. Expected to be blown away, and I thought it was goofy. I was like, it's not fast. It's like boogie woogie rock. The, the vocals are clean. <laughs> the leads are horrific. The arrangements are bad. The drumming's bad. I never liked. I hated the bass solo. I was like, this is the biggest worst fucking excuse for four and a half minutes ever recorded to vinyl. And I just never liked it. It wasn't for me. I was like, I've already heard of Venom. It's like Venom is way crazier than this. And I also had my punk rock already. I was already into the Dead Kennedys and MDC for speed. So it just didn't do it for me, you know. And people were like, "Wow, man, wow!" And some people liked them. And then when they did Ride the Lightning. And that came out. A friend of mine had me run across the street, and uh, back in the day, we were all doing our, our drugs and stuff. He said, "Go run across the street and steal me the ride the lightning cassette out of the Sam Goody, and I'll give you a fucking eighth of weed." So I went over there and stole it. We came and we started. And he played it, and I was like, "This is even lamer to me." And he was like, "You don't like this, man." And I had people like that. But then what was funny was we'd go out with all our group of metalheads and stuff, and some girls would be with us, our girlfriends, or just girls we were trying to hump, and uh, they'd be like. Turn this Slayer off, man. Put Metallica on, you know. That I put that Fade the Black song on. It doesn't give me a headache. So I started calling them Tender Metal. That was a word I used. It's funny, my buddy Omi years later said that. But what I always called Metallica, this is what I called them: Training Bra Metal. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like it was like, and yeah, I do. I do. I always thought they were like for yuppie. No, no disrespect <laughs> anybody, but for yuppie rich kids that wanted to have an edge to them. I just like, it was never heavy, none of it. But if you wanted me to say something kind about Metallica, I will say this, the song one, I I think is their best song they ever did. I always thought they were better when they played slower. I think Creeping Death is a good song for them. I think one is a good song for them. I've never been a fan, but I would say that. Now, if you want to get into Megadeth, I don't like any of it. Dude, I hated them. I I, I would listen to Metallica for a hundred years before I listened to one Megadeth song. Yeah, and that... And that's one King and I have always disagreed on because yes. I love the first Megadeth albums, but you the know. first Megadeth, the first Megadeth <laughs> album is the first record I ever returned to the store. I bought it. It's everybody said if you people no people said if you if you think Metallica was light, my Megadeth will change your mind. They're, they're what Metallica should be. So I went and bought it. I put it on. I couldn't stand the vocals. Couldn't stand the riff. I took it back. Guys, like you didn't want this. I was like, dude, I just suck. Give me something else. And then I got something else. And the only other record I ever took back I couldn't stand was Destroy. Infernal Overkill. I thought that was goofy. The vocals were dumb. Oh, the drums were weak. And some people love it, you know. And Pete said, "Hey, my more more power to you." Wow. What? what I'm going to be honest with you. I'm the biggest Voivod fucking freak on the planet. And I know people are like, Voivod sucks. The fuck they think they are? The Doors? Well, you know, and that's fine. If they, you know, they, if they, people think they suck, I don't care. I mean, we all like what we like. It's like I said, we all get our own names. So we can all be our own people. That's it. What's yeah, I oh, yeah. If you guys love your violence and your Metallica, I give you the thumbs up, man, because you're passionate about it, and passion kicks anybody's ass, man. That's yeah. what it's about. Just love it. If you love something, oh. love it. What is your favorite oh, band of all time? Iron Maiden. 
We agree on that. The Dickinson. I think, Book of, I think Book of Souls. I think Book of Souls. Book of Souls is the best album in the, of, in the last really? ten years by anybody. Really? I'm a fanatic for that record. I played that record over 150 times. Oh my God. People hate it. I know people are like, oh my God, this is the worst Iron Maiden. Why are these songs 7,000 hours long? I love it. <laughs> I see them every time. I've seen I've seen Voivod 50 times. I've seen Iron Maiden 37 times. Wow, really? Wow. Nice. Iron Maiden, the band, the bands have, the top, the top of the peaks for me is Iron Maiden, Voivod, Black Sabbath minus the 13 record, which isn't allowed in my house. Um, uh, Ramones, I'm a big Ramones fanatic. I'm a big Kiss guy from, from, I'll say animalized back. Yeah. Wow. For Kiss. And then, um, that's, that's probably then. And then the Beatles, I'm a big Beatles guy. I people hate the Beatles now. That's like, they're so outdated now, but I'm, I think they're the greatest songwriters in the history of music. I just got back into them, and I, I'm enjoying it so much. Even I, I show my kid, and he's sitting there, you know, bopping to the music and the songs and everything. So it's real cool. Too. That was my that was my first band, brother. My aunt got me into all that music, and I'll be 1975 sitting there. I want to hold your hand. All those songs, even when the record wasn't playing, you know, even when I, it was just songs that stuck in my fucking head. You know, it's got the the melodic, melodic stuff in there. It just sticks with you. Look how much look how much music they did. And it's such a short it's time, like in, in basically time. seven years, you know, seven years. That's crazy. Very crazy. All right, Rod, I really appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else you want to ask Greg or Troy? Or... Are we good? No, I, mean, okay, well, I, I do want to say my, in particular, my favorite song from this album, since we haven't mentioned it yet, is uh, Thoughts from a Leaking Brain. I love uh, the horror movie feel to it, the Edgar Allan Poe-inspired lyrics. It's just awesome. Um, just the verses remind me of Iron Maiden's Purgatory. It's a perfect headbanging sing-along song, and I really hope it makes it into the live set because I'll be there in Milwaukee. <laughs> hey, we'll try. I, I can tell you this, probably not by Milwaukee. Honestly, I wouldn't bullshit you. We're probably going to have Endless Well and the, the two you guys did were the ones you didn't name as your favorites. Probably going to have Endless Well and Shivers in there for the first couple shows with Amos coming out. I love them too. Good songs. Cool. Yeah, we're going to we're going to do everything we can to do stuff. It's just a matter of how much Amos can learn in short times. We're going to have literally three weekends. We got one's not this weekend, but next weekend's the first one with him for two days of jamming and two days of jamming in February, two days of jamming in March, and maybe one day of jamming in <clears throat> April before we go and play that festival in Decibel. So about seven jams with him. And he's, like I said, he's doing it all at home and sending me videos and he's, he's busting his butt. He's a great guy. He's a nice fucking dude. He's, you know, he's up on music. He's the real deal. We went on tour with him. He's not a bullshitter. He's not a fuck up. He's not a liar. That's the things I don't want to deal with ever with anybody. I'd rather not play ever again than be out with scrubs, so to speak. But we're going to come, we're going to come to Milwaukee. We're going to freak, we're going to freak you out. Dude. We're going to play our asses off, dude. We're going to, we're going we're gonna to bring out some crazy shit, man. We're going to do the best we can and, and just you know, build the machine back up. I mean, we were, we were a, you know, lean, mean fighting machine to quote the classic Dewey Oxberger. We were a lean, mean fighting machine. But uh, it's gonna take a little bit of time here to get this guy full, you know, full strength of this guy. But when he when he's when he's ready, he'll be ready. Killer, cool. And right I thank on, you guys, man. man. I just want to say I thank you guys and anybody listening or watching or whatever the hell they're doing, man. Cheers to you. Love what you love, hate what you hate. I don't give a shit. Be yourself. Don't be a don't be a, a contributor to the pussification of planet Earth. It's okay to walk on leaves. It's okay to drink out of straws. You know, it's okay to have. To, I heard somebody say they're going to try to get rid of all the change in the world. There are going to be no more coins and 
Oh, what are you talking about? It's, it's getting bad, dude. Like, you know, you're going to go to jail for breaking out of a straw in Florida or something. I was reading. I don't know yeah. what I was reading. Yeah, I was like, California. what is going on? George Carlin's turning over in his fucking grave, man. <laughs> he's, the, he's stopped the pussification of planet Earth by all means, please. And, and just fucking, you know, happy new year to everybody. Fucking 2019, go for your dreams and L-I-V-E live. Do it to it. Very cool. Yep. And pay it in metal. <laughs> as you guess, as Crocus would tell you, I always pay it in metal. <laughs> and as far as that Facebook thing, just uh, just um, send me a message. Yeah. Don't don't you know if you already did the Facebook thing, just send me a message in there, and it'll come up as like an awkward message, like you're not in my friends, but you can right, send yeah, me a message, yeah. and I'll see it. And I'll immediately just hit it. All That's right. all I gotta do is see it. I just gotta see it. <laughs> it's weird. It doesn't show me. I don't know what the fuck's going on that freaky ass thing. Stupid Facebook. Very cool. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. We all appreciate you coming on. We love the album. Yeah, Go thank buy you very much. I'll put the album on the cover again. Yep. Anytime, brother. If you need anything, let me know. You know that. Yeah, you can come on. If you need you some want. Rick James buttons, Greg, let me know, Greg, about the Rick James buttons. Yeah, I will. <laughs> all right, Super Freaks. I'll let you guys do it to it, man. Have a great night, guys. Thanks, 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 you too. Thank you, King. Cheers. Have a good night. Okay. All right, you too, guys. Bye-bye. Wow, so that was uh, King Fowley from The Deceased. Very cool. We have disagreements, though, but that's okay. (laughs) Love them. Oh, yeah. But then again, Greg and I have disagreements, too. (laughs) Always, yeah, I know. That's music, you know? Nobody Nobody agrees. But, but one thing well, I do agree uh, on, that the best band is Iron Maiden. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I agree with him. Iron Maiden was my favorite band of all time. Um, Iron Maiden would be my second after Blue <laughs> But Wade does. I don't like them. We're going to have to get you in the Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, yeah. Troy, Troy, you you will trust me. Let let me guide you. Let me guide you. Yeah, I did. Okay, shaking around like a bobblehead. Good for you, but trust right, me. I'm gonna drink some. <laughs> okay. Actually, I um, think, uh, I think well, my, my, much like KK, maybe this could be my stage name. I'll be E and J, Easy Jesus. <laughs> I think uh, Blue Ice the Colts playing around okay. here sometime, Troy. I'll go. I'll, listen, you're here. I go to a show with you. No problem. Let's go. I know. We'll go. Let's go. I'll find out. I'll find out what it is because my wife don't like it. I went. Uh, they did a free show free out show, in uh, huh? Westbury, and my wife. Oh. But uh, I, I will uh, to to give a uh, total old school promo for this. And I don't know how much you guys like Venom or not, but uh, at the end of the original black metal album. There is a uh, an advertisement for at war with Satan, and it ends with you will like this album. You will buy this album. You will tell a friend. <laughs> it is a cool album. I got the cover right here. You don't have to keep showing it. I put put it right up on the thing. Yeah. Well, I want to I remember. I did, yeah, I did. I did want to show this though because I knew I knew you wouldn't be able to find that online. That's, that's very cool. And I didn't have no idea. The drummer died too. So. That's 
you. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very cool guy. Definitely have to get him back on again sometime. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, Kings, who I was talking about when I was saying maybe we could do something on the new wave of British heavy metal sometime. I mean, um, he, he likes it as much as I do when I know you guys like some of the bands. So, yeah. yeah, Troy's the big one. Yeah. And also, you know, yeah, like Wayne was saying, maybe we can That'd get cool. deceased and them on a tour together. Uh, I just looked up while my while we were talking be just really now. Uh, that show is already sold out. Sold out. Is it really? Uh, Oakland, Oakland, California. Where Oakland Metro Opera House in Oakland, California. Vi- no, 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 no. Violence. I'm sorry. Violence. I'm about- that well, show that oh, oh, oh. the one show, it's sold out. It looked like it sold out that same yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah, it was announced yesterday. It was sold out yesterday. It sold out the day it was announced. 30 bucks a ticket. Um, I'm sure the ticket. Yeah. Now, you know me, I don't completely dislike them, but um, I, I don't get the hype like I Daniel do. was saying. I don't I get do. the hype behind. No, they no, weren't, but, they but I do because I saw them open, like I told you, for Testament, and I was blown away by the sheer yeah. energy that just just blew out in all, every which dir- direction with those guys. I mean, I'm not saying, look, they're, they're, older, than, they're older than me. <laughs> so I don't think, I, I don't expect that, but it would be so nostalgic because I remember I was at one of their shows where there was like 30 people there and everybody was just blown away by them. You know, it would be so nostalgic, but, and I was even yeah. considering that. I was even, uh, it was thirty Check bucks. Something. I'm not paying three. It, that would be three hundred bucks a ticket. No, and then I have, yeah, and then I have to get a plane, a plane, plane ticket. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah. California. The only show I have ever considered traveling for was when Mata Hoople did their reunion in England back in 2008, and. Uh, well, needless to say, I didn't have twenty five hundred dollars to blow between the airfare and the ticket. <laughs> six and a half hours. But, uh, six and a half hours. It's sold out. So, so I just, just for the record. So, wow, my wow. God. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, but I'm sure. I'm sure it's all no. bought by scalpers, though. I don't believe none of that shit. That was uh, no. That was directly from the venue. It sold out from the venue. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. That's okay, insane. Man. Six and a half hours. It is insane because how many people yeah. really, they really know, know who they are? I mean, I guess people do, and but. 30 bucks. I don't know. I guess. Well, I mean, it, it, a terrible nightmare really has reached, especially within the past 10, 15 years, like a epic underground classic status. So I can understand it. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why it's an epic classic, but you know, um, now, now if I, if I had been able to be there and felt that energy and seen them live, I, uh, may feel similar to how Troy does because even with, you know, um, Rush's late eighties period with the synthesizers, not really all that great, but, um, that live album from that period, show hands. I love it. I think a live setting just uh, changes things a little bit. Who was that? Rush. Oh, okay. 
I don't, yeah, I don't like Rush. I know Sorry. Really? I, guess I mean, yeah, there's, there's some songs I like. There's no two ways about it. They're epic. There's no two ways about it. But yeah. I'm not a fan of them. Never have been. I get it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. It was just the best example. I, 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 I'll listen to them, you know, if they're on, whatever. But I don't go out of my way to listen to them. No. Mm-hmm. No, um, I mean, if I had to take a power trio just from when they, around the time period they first started off and what they were playing, because Rush's first album is probably my favorite one from them because it's their heaviest. But um, I'd take Budgie over Rush any day of the week. Fudgy. Never even heard of Fudgy. Who the hell's Fudgy? Fudgy? Fudgy. You don't know who Budgie is? Oh, Budgie. I thought you said Fudgy. I'm thinking Fudgy to win. No, not (laughs) <laughs> no, not Fudgy Budgie with a B. Yes, I know who Bread fan and yeah. new parachutist, disintegrating woman, and all that. Bread fan's the only song I know, and that's because yep. of Metallica. That Actually, uh, Megadeth covered one of their songs too. They did uh, "Melt the Ice Away," and that was a pretty good cover. I never heard that cover. What the hell is you know, about? I don't know if they ever recorded that or not. They uh, they were doing it live. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, because I never heard that one. Yeah. I I could probably snoop around and find a bootleg, but I don't know if it's ever made it on an official release. Okay. Uh, what was that? I think it was the United Abomination Store was around the time they were doing that live. Oh, really? Okay. Not too long. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for tonight's show. That was a long show. Yep. Yeah. I feel bad. Uh, I feel like we silenced hey, Troy. That's probably right. I don't have to. I'm barely got to say anything. There wasn't. And that's quite all right. There was no room. He had a lot to say. It was fun. It was yeah. fun. It was very entertaining. He did. It was yeah. Great. No, he's uh, he's an awesome guy. He's uh one of the metalheads I've known the longest, and uh, I love Deceased. It, it's cool we got to do this. <laughs> it's very cool. I'm glad you got to do it because you've been wanting to do it for so long. And, yeah. And I'm glad I got to hear the oh, man. Yeah. I, yeah, and then if we can get Dan on here and do Voivod again. Oh, my God. You're going to be <laughs> You're gonna be like a little schoolgirl. Yeah, yeah. I'll even wear a pigtail. Nah, that's kind of gay. I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see what happens. I'm trying. I'll talk to <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I guess that's it for tonight. And uh, next week we will have uh, Brent Logan on from uh, Lethal Vendetta. I think that's the name of his band. I'm pretty yep, sure. Lethal Vendetta. Yep, I've been listening to that record, too. So, so he'll be and, um, and uh, what? No, I was going to say good stuff, but we'll talk about that next week. Right. Oh, but uh, yeah, nice. show my deceased T-shirt yeah, I here. I saw you trying to. Yeah. Move, I saw you trying to move the camera around. Yeah. Sure and then I don't know how well you can see the back, but it's got Vincent Price with a zombie, and it's a death metal from the grave, which is what we were talking about, and that's where the uh, the phrase comes from. <laughs> very cool. Yeah, very cool band. I'm definitely a new fan of them now. He's he's a very cool guy and he looks really good and uh yeah.
go buy the album. Once again, here's the album cover. This yep. is mostly white. That's what it looks like. So when you go to the music store, go to the music buy store. Buy it, buy it, buy it, buy yeah. it. Buy That's it. how the Venom promo ends. I recommend buying it, too. <laughs> go buy it. Definitely. Yes. It's available on CD, vinyl, and cassette from Hell's Headbanger Records. All right. All right. That's it for tonight. Howdy. Yep. Nighty night. Good night, guys. Have a middle night. Good night. See you next Sweet dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> <laughs>